The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Uh, Labor Day is actually, this is kind of weird, but I get real excited. It's like one of my favorite holiday weekends. Not because I'm a big fan of work. That's not it at all. But uh, actually, this is kind of weird. But see, I was an assistant pastor for 30 years before coming here. And uh, I, was, I wasn't the backup preacher. And I wasn't the third string preacher. And I wasn't the fourth string preacher. <laughs> but every once in a while, I got a chance to preach. And it seemed like every Labor Day, you know, every other person that would preach would go away, and then the secretary went away, and the janitor went away, and they said, you know what, we'll get Dan to preach, and uh, I got to preach, so this, so even though uh, this is like my ninth Labor Day preaching here, this is like my 40th Labor Day of preaching, I just want you to know, so I should be very experienced on Labor Day weekend preaching, this should be a good one, I can't promise anything, in fact, I, I, you know, I know I'm a little sensitive, I get offended kind of easily sometimes, did Josh say You'll be asleep even before Pastor Dan gets up here. Is that what he said? <laughs> that was encouraging. Uh, that was really encouraging, Josh. Thanks a lot. By the way, you missed an announcement. Yeah. Next Sunday night, praise and prayer time here at 6 o'clock. And because we canceled the picnic last week, we have the soft ice cream machine coming for afterwards. So soft ice cream, chocolate, vanilla, twirl, we got it all. Uh, and we'll have that afterwards. But we're going to spend some time from 6, uh, just praising the Lord together and praying for some different groups and things like that. Good next Sunday evening. I got the right date, right? That is a week from today. Okay, good. I thought, after, afterwards, I thought maybe Josh skipped that because it's two weeks, but it's next week. We're good. Okay, want to talk to you. As you can see, we're going to Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, even though we're at the end of Ephesians today, we're going to backtrack and do a couple more weeks in Ephesians after today before we move into our next series. But we are going to talk today. I thought it'd be good even just having a kid's Sunday. Armor of God seemed like a good topic and uh, excited about that. I wanted to start, though, by uh, asking you kind of a weird question. I don't know if any of you have what you would call a, this is a terrible thing, a lifelong enemy. Yes, that's encouraging. Yeah, I got one. And elbowing the person beside you right then was not a good thing to do. Uh, that, that's called a spouse. That's something totally different. And some of you get confused about that. I had a friend uh, that when I uh, was younger and, and as a young man, he was, uh, he was dating this girl that he was very much in love with. And uh, they began to talk, or he began to talk a little bit about the whole idea of getting serious and being together and, uh, you know, long term. And she sat him down one day and gave him the old, you know, I, I really like you as a friend speech. <laughs> and, uh, but I just don't see you romantically. And this guy was devastated. I mean, he was, he was just, I mean, he was my friend. He's torn, but she was my friend too. But uh, he was devastated, and he started to try to talk himself out of how much he loved her. And that he was really better off without her. So I thought a friend should help. So I started to explain to him why he was better off without her. And yeah, not only that, she's spoiled rotten and you'd be, you know, like that. And I kept adding different things like that. 
problem is they got back together uh, within a week. And uh, I went from having two friends to having two enemies <laughs> because of all the things that I had said to make him feel better. Apparently, he decided to share them with her. And that, was, that didn't sit well. And I got some lifelong enemies. But I want you to think about, and, and I was thinking about, when I came to Christ, when I trusted him to be my Savior, man, what an awesome thing took place. I mean, I got forgiveness. I got a new relationship with him. I got the Spirit of God in my life. Uh, that, that, is, that is so awesome. I got the promise of eternal life. And all these things came into my life because of Jesus Christ being in my life. However, I also got something else. The guy that used to be my friend, used to be actually be my master, became my enemy. Okay? And that's just inevitable. When we trust Christ, when we follow him, we have an enemy. So the Apostle Paul said, you better be ready because there is warfare coming because you have an enemy. So let's take a look at that today, what this is going to look like as we jump into Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll read through the part about the armor of God. So first of all, this passage here begins, and I should tell you what verse that is because it doesn't say. I think it's 10. We start with, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand. Now, hopefully that's not too faint. You can see we're kind of highlighting that word because it shows up here three times, then it leads off the next verse too. Uh, you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. He's got a plan. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Now, a couple ideas here before we get into the armor of God and talk about what he tells them to put on. First of all, would you notice here against whom we're fighting? Okay, this is very important because, I don't know if you remember, but last week when we looked at a passage, um, as we're following Christ, he said, he said you're going to have to have some patience, you're going to have to have some long-suffering, you're going to have to put up with people because people can be a pain. I threw that last phrase in there, but you're going to have to tolerate some things. And we all have that in our lives where sometimes we look around and say, man, people are just hard to live with. People are difficult. You know, this is, this is awfully hard to do. One of the things that we want to remember is ultimately people are not our problem. And ultimately people are not our enemy. And a lot of times we take the victims of our enemy who are, for example, addicts, uh, for example, but, the, but their life has been messed up by the enemy and we turn them into our enemy instead of focusing on the one who is the true enemy. Okay, does that make a little sense? That's not really the sermon for today, but hopefully we, we pick up on that, that idea. So the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, this enemy is going to try to knock you off your feet. Yeah, I, I don't know, guys, why we have that background on there but with the verses, but uh, it's going to, if you can get rid of it, great. If not, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll manage. But, uh, but anyway, he says he's going to try to knock you off your feet, so I'm going to give you some things so you can stand because he's going to try to derail you. Here's some things that you can do to stand. Now, to help me out as we get going here, uh, yeah, stand firm. That's where we want <laughs> <laughs> I'll just play along, uh, whatever like that. I've asked Tate, Tate, if you would come on up here, I want you, if you would, please, just stand over here up on the stairs by the keyboard. That would be a good thing. So if you're just right here on. Okay, Tate, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, you're kind of falling apart here, buddy. You lost a shoe. 
And did Dad dress you this morning? Because you're, uh, yeah, you got kind of part tucked in. You're kind of part knocked tucked in. Uh, you want to change things at all? No. You think you're all right? I don't really know that you are. But uh, and the other thing, just just so you know, I said stand over here by the keyboard, and you're over there. No, that's a keyboard. That's a piano. Don't you think that's kind of a big deal? Okay, he's not going to work. Never mind. Go back and sit down. Uh, he's no help whatsoever. Actually, want to uh, think about that. There's a couple things that the, Satan is going to use to try to attack us and try to derail us. One of them is going to be deception. Okay, so let's, let's first of all just go to this here as we're standing firm. So therefore, the Scripture says that we are to stand therefore. Again, there's that word stand again. What is the first piece of armor? He says you are to be fastened on with or fasten on the belt of truth. So if we can get that idea of understanding this this it's the central, at the center of us, at the core, we need to have a belt of truth. And you say, well that'd be the word of God. Actually the word of God we're going to talk about later in the same passage. He's not talking about that here. But he's talking about this this truth as to uh, you know right in the center of our life as to who we are. The Bible says this in the book of Psalms that God you desire truth in the inward parts. And that's, that's, that's really very much what this is, you know, on in, inside who we really are that we're aware of this. So I say to Tate, Tate, your, your shoe's falling off and your pants aren't tucked in right. Your shirt's all, all messed You know what I mean. Uh, his shirt's not tucked in and, and he, he's all messed up. And he says, no, wait, I'm okay. He doesn't really have a grip on the truth about himself. And one of the things that Satan is going to try to do is throw us off when it comes to the truth about ourselves. My wife uh, got on uh, channel 34 the public television channel last saturday night and there was a special on there that had the songs from the musical wicked now if you have never heard that it sounds bad it's really not it says unless you hate the wizard of oz then then it's bad uh but anyways different songs on there but there's a guy singing a song called how much he enjoyed the unexamined life he said i just i'm just having a good time i'm dancing through life having a good time because I have the unexamined life. For many of us, we kind of miss that idea that God wants us. Let, let me show you here, or let me read this to you. Psalm 139, just a great psalm. In the last couple verses there is a prayer that you might want to get a hold of. This is Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. David said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. If there is any grievous way in me, and lead me to the way everlasting. God, would you help me to see the truth about myself? Because a lot of times, we don't see it. Would you help us to, to get a hold of that truth there? Because Satan's going to try to deceive us, and you're okay, and you don't need any help, and everything's fine. Uh, Francis, I went shopping yesterday because uh, I have two coming up uh, in October, actually two beach weddings that I'm doing. Okay, uh, one is supposed to be in St. Joe. We'll see how the weather works out for that one. The other one's in Destin, Florida, uh, and I think we're okay, but uh, both of them were like, we want you to be kind of casual, and my wife said, you need a nice little white short sleeve shirt, so here you go. What do you think? You like it? This is, if, if you ever get married on a beach, this is what I'm wearing, just so you know. Uh, th this is where it is, but this is my new shirt I decided to put on and, and wear it today. But before I left today, I had to make sure, because there have been multiple times in my life when I walked in with a sticker that says, 
you know, large or uh, whatever like that, or a tag hanging off the back. So I put the shirt on, and I walked over, and she kind of pulled off a couple things uh, and said, okay, now you can go. Uh, kind of check it out. But uh, yeah, this is what it's kind of saying. Hey, we want to get a hold of the truth, okay? The truth about who we are in, in our let's, let's put on the belt of truth. You know, the other thing old uh, Tate is having trouble with here is he, uh, I said, go over there, and he said, close enough. It's a musical instrument, right? Pretty much the same thing. If I want to stand by the piano instead of the keyboard, it's pretty much the same thing. It's not that big a deal. A second thing that uh, Satan uses to try to throw us off or attack us, I believe, after deception is compromise. Okay? Uh, so the Scripture tells us that we should put on the breastplate of righteousness. Okay? So we're going we're gonna to slip this on now, the, bless, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, because there is a great temptation to look at, uh, or uh, Satan would attack us with, where he'd say, hey, did God really say that? Is that really that big a deal? Tate, you're on the wrong side of the auditorium. Close enough, right? I buy a musical instrument. I'm in the front of the auditorium. It's okay. There are a lot of times when it comes to righteousness, when it comes to simply making decisions about doing the right thing, that we think, hey, this is good enough. This is not that big a deal. And did God really say for example, God said, do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. We are not supposed to harbor bitterness and anger. Did God really mean like that with everybody? I mean, there's, you know, there's going to be some situations where you just can't forgive somebody, and I can hold on to that, right? I can, I can keep that in my life. God said, let no unwholesome speech come out of your mouth. But, the, yeah, that's kind of more of just a, uh, a guideline. Some of you remember the line from the Pirates of the Caribbean, the code. Uh, well, you know, it's just kind of guidelines that, that, that we go with. We don't actually have to take this seriously. So Satan comes, and he wants, first of all, he wants us to be deceived. He wants us to think, hey, we're okay. We got this under, under control. We're all right. Secondly, he wants us to be compromised. He wants us to think, hey, this isn't that big deal. I don't have to take that seriously. And what we want to do in putting on this breastplate of righteousness is that means I am making a conscious decision throughout my life to do the right thing. Okay? And, and I'm not saying that we're going to be flawless in that. But what I'm saying is take it seriously. The things that God gave us, His commands are not grievous. They are for our good. So if we take the things lightly that God said and say, oh, that's not big a, that big a deal, I'm kind of following it. I'm kind of obeying. I'm kind of doing the right thing. I'm all right here. We're going to be okay. We are kidding ourselves. An enemy would love to have us in that situation because another thing he's going to attack us with is complacency. You see, the armor of God says to put on the shoes for your feet having put on a readiness given by the gospel of peace. So we are to have shoes where we are ready for action. The soldier is going to put on his work boots, uh, and we want, to, we, we want to put those feet on, and, uh, I'm sorry, those, those on our feet and get ready for action. But what our enemy would love for ha to have us do instead is put on some nice bedroom slippers. Uh, and be as complacent as we possibly can. You see, we can get serious about a lot of different things in our lives, but uh, far more easily than we get serious about our spiritual welfare. Just, just keeping it real. In other words, you know, that, that whole idea of preparing for this battle, being aware of this battle, knowing that there's an enemy on the other side, of walking in righteousness, I don't know that very many people take the training for that and the preparation for that very, very serious. Some of you have, uh, I know looking around the room, some of you have your kids uh, involved in sports. 
And, you know, you, you have to make a lot of decisions about, oh, hey, exactly how involved we're going to get them. Because, you know, they could be practicing all the time to get ready. I was watching uh, American Ninja Warrior. And uh, I think I missed trying out for that. By the, anyway, but, uh, by that much. But, uh, you know, I, I watch these guys, and they're just so totally committed to this. You know, they're, they're just like, man, they're training all the time. You know, they've built their gyms. They have their gyms set up in the backyard and everything like that that they dive into completely. And I, I was thinking about that, you know, even as parents, you know, you have to make a choice somewhere along the line. And I don't mean to mock, and I, I really don't, but bear, bear with me on this for a second. I'm not mocking at all. I love Edwardsburg. Uh, football team has been state champion the last few years, and they went, you know, been to the finals, and, and they, uh, I went the other night, and they were ahead 35 nothing at halftime, so I went home. Uh, actually, it was 40 one nothing, I think, but uh, but anyway, uh, but uh, and and that's great and that that's awesome. But I don't know how many former Edwardsburg's players are in the NFL right now. If you uh, if you add the two from last year, actually zero, isn't it? As far as we know. Okay, uh, how's the one guy doing at Northwestern? Is he is he playing? He's starting. All right. Well, there you go. We might have an NFL player uh, coming there. They graduated a couple year, years ago. It's possible, but. Uh, but somewhere parents have to look and say, you know, this probably isn't your whole life, so we're going to back off a little bit. When you go to college, yeah, you might could make the soccer team, but then you're going to spend the whole time uh, working out with the soccer team and everything like that, and we got to move it in a little different direction. you got to think. you got to make the decisions that I'm going to really invest in because truth of the matter is to win and to be the best, uh, you got to be disciplined, and you got to plug in, and you got to have a plan, and you got to work at it. Would you agree? I'm sure, you know, as I watched the first half the other night, I thought that other team, truth is, you know, my wife and I was like, those boys look bigger, you know. And uh, some, of the, some of the guys on the other team, I thought, you know, athletically, they looked you know, like maybe they'd be better. But somewhere there is a program, we'll credit uh, Coach Bartz and, and, and on down in Edwardsburg, where they've worked and they've been disciplined and they've prepared and they're ready to go. And they run that same stinking offense over and over and over again <laughs> until it just kills the other team of boredom. But, uh, but, you know, but, but honestly, you know, I look and I say they have this incredible discipline, you know, just to say, hey, I'm going to focus on this. One of the things we have to realize is we're supposed to be ready for action. We're supposed to have on the work boots, the combat boots, not the bedroom slippers. But Satan comes and he wants to throw us off by simple complacency. And I'll put myself in this group and say that this is something that I think we're all prone uh, to fall into is just, hey, you know, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're good enough. We're all right. It's all good. And how many people have in our minds that I need to train spiritually for the battle that is at hand? Very few. Very few. And, and it, okay, I'm not, I'm not preaching. I'm just kind of talking to you for a second. I might be up here like I'm supposed to be preaching, but I'm not now. Okay, forget that. But honestly, you know, we, we talk about, for example, you know, just having a time of reading your Bible, uh, commitment to the, the body of Christ as far as church goes and things like that. These things are really weak today overall. They, they just are. I mean, it, it's just we are complacent. And I'm not saying you. I'm not. You know, I'm just saying we, we, we take things just too lightly. There's a warfare going on, and truth of the matter is, if Satan has you sitting there in your bedroom slippers, he's good. <laughs> that person's not really involved in serving the Lord. That, that's good. Uh, we got them on easy street, and we're loving it. 
Okay, so if we're if he's going to knock us off, he's going to try to deceive us. He is going to try to get us to compromise. Uh, he is going to try to get us to be complacent. Another thing he is going to come after is he is going to try to get us to be isolated. Now, when you first read this, you'll say, where in the world did he get isolated? For the scripture says in all circumstances, <laughs> sorry, to my saliva, uh, take up the shield of faith which can be extinguished, I'm sorry, which can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Okay, but Pastor, shield of faith, and you said isolate it. Here's why. Some of you have seen some of the old, you know, movies, the whole Roman Empire, you know, fighting and stuff like that. And uh, the, the Romans actually had two different uh, shields that were part of their arsenal. One of them was a little shield for hand-to-hand combat, and they had a little uh, sword that would go with that too. Uh, but, uh, and, and, you know, and they would use that some. It was just kind of like, a, you know, Captain America, you know, that, that size uh, shield. But the, the Romans also, in their arsenal, they had these very large shields that were about two feet by four feet. Okay, and you've seen this in the movies. The enemy says, launch the arrows, you know, and the flaming darts are coming over. And what do the Romans do? They take these four-by-four shields, and they all get together. You you, you see, come on. Somebody just shake their head and pretend like somebody's listening to me. Uh, Okay, good. All right, good. And uh, and they get, and they build this shelter here over top, and the arrows just, you know, because they they can't get through, because together they've done that. Now, if the one guy's just standing there with his little shield trying to fight them off, oh, I I hate it when they get through. Uh, But, uh, you know, that that idea, but they, they work together on that. And in this idea of our shield of faith, I want us to remember that one of the things our enemy wants to do is he wants to get us isolated. He wants us to get so that we're not there helping each other and protecting each other. He wants, you might remember, uh, Scripture tells us in in James that the, the adversary is like a, what kind of animal? Roaring lion, that's right. And that lion is out there and he's looking for the ones that wander off, okay? You seldomly see, you know, the lion is like, you know, you've watched the nature shows. He's prowling in the bushes. You know, he's not looking for the whole herd. He's looking for that one that's do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> you know, he's out there wandering around. He says, that's, that's mine right there. That's dinner. Uh, and he's after it. And we could come up. So that is why I have to say things like this. And, and again, this is something I have to say because I believe this is what Scripture says. If it was just me making up the rules, I wouldn't because I am a pig-headed person who likes to just say, hey, I'm okay. I can do it on myself, and, I, and I'm fine. But if I'm going to follow Scripture, I have to say things like this. You need the body of Christ. You can tell me all you want that you're fine on your own. You're wrong, okay? I will agree with you. You can get Dan to agree with you, but you can't get the Word of God to. The Word of God says that we need each other. We need to be ready like that, and we need the body of Christ, okay? That's why he established the whole thing. That's why he says that. You know, okay, again, very personal here for a second. I know sometimes, I've been trying to step here better. Uh, I know sometimes that the, the, I know, I know I get it. The church can be a pain. Oh, I went to that church, and they stunk, and I went to this church, and this happened. I get it. People are like that. I understand. And I would completely agree with you, and I'd quit, and I'd go work as a greeter at Walmart, and we'd be fine. But listen, that's not what the Bible says. And I've got to agree with God on this. Okay? If God says, I've got to think, oh, he knows what he's talking about. He has designed the body to be together, to work together, to put our shields up together, help each other stand. Figure he's right, right? Right. Okay. All right. Now, uh, you know what? I am getting really parched. I'm getting really thirsty. Um, hey, Colin, would you do me a favor? Would you go get me a drink of water? No. 
<laughs> Whose kid is that? Uh, Jerry. Uh, I'll tell you what, no, Josh, Josh, that, no, Josh, Josh is going to get me a drink of water. Colin, could I, could I, uh, I got right here, Colin, a genuine picture of George Washington. Could you go get me a drink of water? Uh, okay, Colin. I got a genuine picture of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, we're talking. Uh, there we go. Josh over out there getting me a bottle of water, which is nice of him. But, uh, <laughs> but Colin is going to drive a bargain. He's going to say, hey, I don't know if it's worth <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's going to say, hey, I don't know if it's worth it until... Um, until until the uh, you, you got to make this worth my while, right? I <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, just an illustration, Colin. Uh, I want change after the service. All right, but um, somewhere he's like, "Hey, if I'm going to get up and walk back there, um, you're going to make it worth my while." It's got to be worth it. You got to see it. Now, I want to talk about this last piece of uh, our armor that we're going to put on. It is. Uh, take the helmet of salvation. So on our head, on our minds, it goes, in, and we could dive into protecting the heart and the mind and everything like that because that's where the battle is fought. But I just want you to think about the idea, the, the helmet of salvation and that idea of in my life, that knowledge of salvation. First John is a book that was written, the, the author said, so that you may know that you have eternal life. And going through life knowing that there is a heaven. Okay, I want you to think. Now, my illustration is, Colin said, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. This life can be a first-class pain sometimes. Okay, some of you are feeling that now. Uh, my, my wife and I uh, found a little ditty this week of a song. It's not the deepest of songs anywhere, but it's this lady she likes is Ellie Holcomb, and she sings, wait, there's a lot of bad days still coming our way but then sweet ever after. We got that little mind, uh, that little song in our head. There's a lot of bad days still coming our way, but then sweet ever after. And my wife has heard that 157 times this week because when I get a song stuck in my head, it stays. Uh, but uh, that, that little phrase, there's a lot of bad days still coming our way, but there's sweet ever after. That hope of salvation, that knowledge of that, that indeed it, okay, for those of you who don't want a new little ditty, let's go back to the Gaithers. It will be worth it all someday when we see Jesus. I just killed that. Okay, uh, but life's trials, trials will seem so small, but it is that idea of getting hold of uh, the hope of eternity. Man, I am so thankful, and um, I've had a couple of uh, uh, funerals in the last few weeks, uh, one that I attended, and, and, and Ed's here on Friday. I am so thankful that I can walk into the services, and despite the grief, despite the pain, everything like that, and say, this guy had salvation. He had trusted Jesus Christ, and he knows that he had eternal life. And, and that, that is so much better than, oh, we kind of hope he made it, uh, like that. I mean, it was, this is a guy who'd given his life to God and lived for him and followed him and trusted him for forgiveness of sins. So therefore, I could stand up and say, hey, this is awesome. And it is, and it is worth it all. So I put on that helmet of salvation, and I, I cling to my salvation, and I celebrate my salvation, and we'll keep singing about salvation, and we'll keep preaching salvation because that salvation that is only found in Jesus Christ through the blood, through His blood shed for my sin, I place my trust in Him for forgiveness of sin. When I have that, I have a hope that goes on me on this life, and I have a reason to get up off my bottom and go get the pastor a, a bottle of water. Uh, but there's a, there is a, there's an end. There's a sight. There's a hope beyond this life. 
Honestly, take that out. Yeah, take that out and why bother? It's Sunday morning on Memorial Day weekend. Why, why come? Uh, it's a beautiful day out there. Some of you are thinking it is. Well, I wish he'd wrap up. Uh, but, but uh, you know, but why bother if that isn't all real? But that's the hope that keeps me standing. Sure, the battle could get tough. Okay, one other thing real fast. At the end of, at the, end of the text, the, the apostle writes, and he says, and the sword, here's what else should take. I want to give you some weapons here. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Supplication, fancy little word there. Basically, I'm praying for other people. I'm making supplication. Uh, I am praying for them. Okay, two other things. One, one more picture I want you to see. The Word of God and prayer. Now, you know, whenever I say this, I kind of think, oh, man, that's really new and exciting. Uh, people come to church. I tell them to pray and read their Bible. That's profound. Uh, I, I deserve a raise for coming up with that. Uh, I know that is as simple and as basic it could, as could be, but here's what the apostle said. Okay, you got this? I want, I want you to put the armor on. Now, here's some weaponry. I'm going to give you prayer and the Word of God. Okay? If we're going to be ready for the fight, these two things are going to be part of our lives. And I want to encourage you again. I know. I know. Uh, oh, hey, you know what, Jeremy? I'm sorry. We were talking this morning. And he was talking about, you know, some days you get up and there's the Bible app. And it's, it's, it's na second nature. You get up and you, there I am, I'm reading it. And then you get up some days and uh, <laughs> don't have time for that today. You know, that's, uh, I know that's a battle that probably 95% of us in here have some days, yes, I know I want to be in the Word of God, but it, there's a struggle. Do you know why there's a struggle with that? Because you have an enemy who doesn't want you near the Word of God. And praying, I know it can be hard work. I know it's something that we're going to work at and we're going to say, hey, I'm going to dive in here. And then by Wednesday, maybe we're going to fall apart and we're going to have to pick ourselves up again and, and get going again. But uh, here's what we need for the battle. I got some weapons for you. You need this. You need the Word of God and you need prayer. Okay? Very, very, very simple. I, I, I drew it up there like that. I, I want to say with this text, um, Jen and Jeremy are going to come back up so we can close on a song, but I want to say with this text, this, you say, I've heard a lot of sermons on the armor of God, and he didn't say this, he didn't say it. There is so much in this text. I mean, it's so powerful. Again, you know, the whole idea of protecting your heart and your mind because that's where the battle is fought, and we didn't even delve in, uh, dive into that. But what the main idea, if you can take one thing away, is just this. I want, you, I want you to remember that what I said at the beginning. When you came to Jesus Christ, when you trusted Him, your master and your friend just became a lifelong enemy. Like it or not. Okay? You say, well, I'm not experiencing much of that. Maybe because He already has you complacent. Maybe because He already has you compromised. Because he's going to do everything he can to knock us off, I guarantee. And the Apostle Paul said, we got to do everything we can to stand. we got to do everything we can to stand. i got some tools for you here. Okay? I've got some tools. I want you to, first of all, I want you to understand the truth is important. We're going to put that right here. I want you to commit to, to 
doing the right thing. Uh, righteousness is going to be important here. You got to get ready. The fight's on. Let's get your feet, feet dressed the right way. Uh, let's have that hope of salvation. Let's put that helmet on, on like that. And come on, guys, you need a shield. You need a shield. And not only that, you need to drag out the big shields. And we need to get together and put them up there because the enemy's after us and we want to help each other. We want to pray for other people, too. Uh, that, that last verse told us, so let's get ready. And now, here you go. You need the Bible. That's the sword. And you need prayer. Okay? I got a couple weapons for you. The battle is on, whether we want it or not. Now, we are going to raise a hallelujah, are we not? I love raising a hallelujah when we leave. Uh, I hope uh, this, you know, I hope it was worthwhile that you came this morning. Uh, I, I do very much appreciate it. I know it's a holiday weekend, and you all made the effort to be here, and, I, and I'm thankful for that. But I always am overwhelmed with the idea there's nothing this person can do to change a life and a heart. The Spirit of God is, is the one that wants to minister to you today. So one other thing I would encourage you to do, remember that prayer that I read from Psalm 139, last two verses in there. Examine me, O God. So even as we sing and, and as we close, I encourage you to pray that prayer. Examine me, O God. Is there something specific you want me here for today? Maybe it's because I don't really even know what he's talking about, about this whole idea of salvation. Hey, I would love to talk to you more about that and tell you more about the salvation that is found only in Jesus Christ. Father, yeah, you know, Lord, in my mind, I, I had some goals as to what I wanted the service to be like. And I don't know why I do that, Lord, because it's not about what I want this service to be like. It's about what you want to accomplish in our lives. And, Lord, I pray that even as we close the service, it would be a time of surrender to what you want to do in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269 663 2648. Thank you for listening.